Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slave. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Joining me on the line today is Pastor Brian Houston, the Global Senior Pastor for Hillsong Church. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing great. It's wonderful to have you on the radio. Of course, we've been playing your music for many years, and I've seen you on TV for many years. I've met you a couple of times. It's wonderful to be able to finally connect with you today. Uh, I'd love to just... Start with a little bit of the history of Hillsong while we've got you. Tell us a little bit about how it all began all those years back. Yeah, well, it's a funny thing. Bobby and I, actually, just this month, are 40 years in Australia. We both grew up in New Zealand, and we came here when I was 24 and she was 21. Just, you know, young kids with a dream to serve God. And we never imagined that Australia would be so good to us. At times, very challenging to us as well. But, <laughs> you know, it's been a remarkable story. So we came here. For five and a half years, um, you know, I was on the team at my parents' church, Sydney Christian Life Centre, and in 1983 we moved out to what then was the absolute rural fringe of Sydney in the northwestern suburbs, the Hills District, and started a little church in a school hall, um, which obviously now is Hillsong Church, and yeah, you know, people say, could you have imagined all that God would do, and to be honest, in those days, we just hoped people would come next Sunday, (laughs) and uh, for a few weeks that looked doubtful. And so, you know, it's 34 years and, yeah, it's just a story that amazes me, really, in in the middle of all the challenges and the disappointments and some of the things that have gone on. God's just been so good to us and, you know, it's just been an amazing journey. Well, it certainly has been. And I can remember the first time I met you was in 1993 at Hillsong Conference. Uh I was teaching... Uh, the Youth Jam. I was teaching drama with Phil Dooley, who was your youth pastor wow. at the time. Wow. And you've got to watch the company you keep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Hillsong Conference was pretty big back then. You know, it was kind of, you know, a, yeah. a big event and people had come from all over. And, and uh, I just remember having a sense at the time that we were just skimming the surface, that it, was, it really was going to explode one day and reach the world. Uh, did, did you always have that sense in your heart that, one day it was going to impact the world and the music would be sung around the world? Well, 1993, you know, you say you were at Hillsong Conference and that was a significant year because that's the year Shout to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that Darlene wrote that song and so obviously that song and that time is sort of where we built a uh, relationship in those days with Integrity Music in America and, you know, that song was used by God incredibly rarely, you know, to to give us a global platform before that. We already, the songs we sung in church here already resonated with people, you know, and so here in Australia, the songs have been sung all over the country and all, all sorts of denominations. And and so it, it's been a great story as well. But to answer to your question, look, I was always a dreamer. It's kind of what this book that I've written is about. Uh, you know, it's, it's I, I always sort of believed God to do great things, but deep down in my heart, I'm not sure I was convinced that that we would see it. And obviously our story is just one 
where Ephesians 3.20 becomes a reality that God can do more than you could ever imagine, guess or, or request, you know, exceeding abundant above anything you could ever ask or think. Because, you know, even as someone who's sort of, I think I, I was, you know, believing for big things, but had no idea. And so the global side, no, I would never have imagined, for example, that we would have, you know, um, campuses and churches pretty well with a global footprint, etc. It's uh, surprised me as much as anyone. And you mentioned your new book, There Is More. Uh, I've, uh, I've had a bit of a, a look through some of the material and, you know, it's so important, so needed uh, for every one of us because the reality is, we all have a larger capacity. I'll just uh, mention that I watched a great sermon a while back. It might have been from Hillsong Conference, actually, with uh, Craig Groeschel talking uh-huh. about how he was free diving. He, he learned to go deep diving, and he did it for about uh-huh. a minute, and he thought that was awesome. But after some training, realized his capacity was larger, and he could end up doing like four minutes or something like that. And he I said, that. I couldn't believe yeah. that I had more available in me. That's, uh-huh. It's a reality, isn't it? We've all got more available, don't we? Mm. Well, look, to me, the idea there is more, I think a lot of people go straight to thinking it's going to be about more stuff, you know, material things. And that's actually far from what the book's about. It's really much more about God's plan and purpose for people's life. And I just feel the more we discover of God, the more we discover of his will for his life. And I feel like, you know, serving God is a great adventure. It definitely has its highs, its lows, its appointments and its disappointments, and it has its challenges. And my conviction is every person is on earth for a purpose. And those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, that uh, we're not just saved, but like 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says, we're saved, we're called, we're purposed, and we're graced. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they understand that they are saved and that heaven's their reward and they have a good devotional life. But I, you know, I like to feel like you know, I want to preach to people's Mondays, their vocational life, and see people realize that, you know, we're gifted, we're graced, and that, uh, you know, we're on this journey. And unless you're going to retire tomorrow or die tomorrow, I just feel like God's got more. And as you talked about capacity, you know, if we just even understand that God's got more in us. So I'm passionate about it. And, you know, you, you say in the book, too, that, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. And that we shouldn't yeah. be comparing with others because we've all got different callings and, and talents. We really need yeah. to, to just run our race, don't we? Oh, look, you really do. In fact, I think if we live our life in comparison, we're always going to come second because there's always going to be someone smarter, more gifted, better preacher, better at what they do, better looking, whatever. And so, you know, it's just an ugly way to live your life. And if we can just really understand that God has graced us and we're comfortable in the way he's graced us, yeah, I always feel like, uh, you know, God's not schizophrenic. He doesn't make us one way to use us a different way. And so I just love it when people are comfortable to be who God's called them to be and, and who served him and who he's called them to be. And, uh, you know, I feel if we live inside our grace, that that's when we enter into the, the more that God has for us. And talking about you know the the capacity of uh, you know personal our personal lives, but also the capacity of our churches. Uh, w- when you look at the capacity of Hillsong Church, you know you look at you know it's a local church in Sydney that is now 
you know, got expressions in over 20 different countries around the world. Uh, yeah. you, your music is sung everywhere, and everyone knows about that. But recently, you launched the Hillsong Channel, and, you know, I'm, I love media. I love, you know, I believe yeah. it's a platform for us to share the gospel. And, you know, the fact that you now have a 24-hour TV network out of, running out of a church in Sydney, well, you know, you, you've got contacts yeah. around the world. Could you have ever dreamed that that could have been possible? Well, a short, you know, short answer is no. And even in 2014, I kind of re revisited, you know, the dream that I had for our church in 1993, a significant year. I remember sitting and writing the church that I see. And 20 years, which was, you know, to me then audacious, and 20 years on, it's like it's, it's the church that we have to a big degree. So on our 30th birthday, I rewrote the church that I now see. And part of that, I spoke about, uh, um, you know, um, influencing through um, media and people's television screens and to uh, palaces and prisons alike. Well, 18 months after that, with, uh, you know, just an incredible set of circumstances through Trinity Broadcasting Network in America, we've got a global television station available in, you know, on, on cable in, uh, here in Australia through Foxtel and in, America, in England, the equivalent, which is Sky and, and many, many carriers and so on in the USA reaching millions of homes. So it's just a part of what I'm talking about here. Now, God's just full of surprises. I've enjoyed watching your new program on there, Let's Talk. Uh, I've ah, seen yeah. your interviews with Matt Crouch uh, from yeah. TVN. I saw, saw Brooke Fraser the other day. I haven't seen the, uh, the Greg Laurie one. He's one of my heroes too. Are you uh, enjoying uh, being on the other end and actually interviewing some other people? Look, I'm, I'm a curious person. <laughs> my, my siblings always called me nosy growing up, and so I love knowing what makes people tick, and I love knowing the heart behind what they do. So to me, interviewing is something I just love doing. All I do is ask the questions that are interesting to me, and I find they're interesting to most people. <laughs> the other thing I really wanted to ask you about is your children. Uh, you must be yes. so proud that they're all serving in ministry. Give us an update on, on what your kids are up to these days. <laughs> well, they're hard to keep up with. <laughs> my older son, Joel, obviously is... Uh, a songwriter and a worship leader and heads up Hillsong United. Uh, he lives in New York and he's married. He's got one, one son. Uh, and so he's, he's doing great. Uh, then Ben and his beautiful family, Ben and Lucia, got four children now and they're based in LA. So Ben's the lead pastor in uh, Southern California. Well, actually in Northern California as well. So he's got campuses in San Francisco and downtown LA and in Orange County now. And uh, so that's keeping them busy. And then my daughter, Laura, and her husband, Peter, are, are youth pastors here in Australia. So, yeah, they're all involved. I think the truth is that they've all had their own journeys. They've all had their moments. We're not a perfect family, far from it. And uh, so, you know, I like to tell people that because I think sometimes you can look and hear a story about all your kids serving God and then people feel condemned and my, you know, my, my experience is that people run their own race and adult children make their own decisions. So the fact that our three kids are all in ministry and serving God, uh, it's an absolute, I said it's absolutely the grace of God because, uh, you know, we're not perfect parents just like nobody is. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's great, you know, it's great that we're all together involved in what is a global church and all doing so many different things and yet all pushing in the same direction. 
Well, it's wonderful to celebrate, uh, you know, your, your children and what they're doing for God. Uh, now, something else I just wanted to mention with you. At Hillsong Conference a few years ago, one of my highlights was watching Nicky Gumbel from the Alpha Course right, uh, get yeah. on his knees and repent because of divisions between the body of Christ and yeah. pray for unity. And there was other church leaders that were gathered there from different denominations. You know, you say for Hillsong Conference, you champion the cause of the local church. And yeah. you're reaching, you know, so people come from all over the world from different denominations uh, to your conferences. Uh, how important is church unity, particularly in this day and age we live in? I think if we're all proclaiming Jesus, you know, we can get caught up with the name over the door, a church name or a denominational name. And uh, look, I always feel like if we are exalting Jesus and uh, the core message of the cross and the resurrection is what we're about, then we've got a whole lot more to hold us together than to, um, you know, to pull us apart. And I often have spoken in various formats and leadership and pastors' conferences, and I often say publicly, I don't know who your enemy is, but they're not in this room. So I think unity is, uh, is, is critical. I also think that some, sometimes we have a false idea of unity, and uh, you know, we're all called locally, and we've got visions to fulfill locally, and so I don't feel like unity means that we all always have to be having, you know, a citywide meeting necessarily. But I do think that, uh, you know, we all need to understand we're on the same side. And I, my experience in Australia is, uh, especially in the world I live in, that we're pretty good at, at cheering each other on. That's so true. And, you know, the reality is in the body of Christ, uh, you know, the Bible says we've got to encourage one another, spur one another on. And uh, you've certainly been a great example of that, particularly with the Hillsong Conferences as well. Now, before we wrap up, Brian, I always like to ask our guests uh, if they could share the good news. Because, you know, there might be people listening right now that have never heard the gospel. Would you share yeah. what is the gospel and how do people respond? <laughs> well, the good news is exactly what you say. The word gospel means good news. And uh, I, I love the fact that the most inclusive message I believe there is in society is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because the message is whosoever will to the Lord may come. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. I love that. The, 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 the good news of Jesus is available to, to the whosoever's and the anyone's. No one's too good. No one's too bad. No one's too rich. No one's too poor. No one's from the wrong side of the fence, etc. And, uh, and so the fact that Jesus Christ has purpose for people's lives and that if we make a conscious choice to surrender ownership of our life to him and really believe to encounter God in a very real way, by encounter him, I mean there's a moment, there's a time when you sense that you ask Jesus to come into your life and he comes in and, uh, and he lives in you. You know, he doesn't just come and go, he, he abides in you. So, uh, it's just an incredible opportunity for people to know the power of the saving faith of Christ. And he doesn't just save people for heaven either. Again, you know, I've written a book called There Is More, and I think one of the great things is you also come in line with the purpose of your life and the calling for your life. And so, yes, I think the message of Christ is just the most life-giving message that society could ever possibly have. And I believe that all of us are on earth for God-given purpose, and it starts with a personal relationship with Jesus. 
Well, Brian, it's been wonderful to hear you share the good news with us today, and we pray that uh, many more lives will be impacted through this new book of yours, There Is More, and, of course, through the uh, the message and the music and, you know, the TV channel. It's incredible, uh, the doors that have opened. Um, I'm excited to see what is next for Hillsong Church in the coming years. Brian Houston, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, Matt. God bless. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.